Whoa, g'day mates. WWE Hall of Famer here, Bushwhacker Luke. And I'm on WPOV Quarantine. So you better be listening. See ya. Whoa. Hey fans, welcome to another edition of WPOV Quarantine. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. With me, my co-host, today he's Al Lobo. You know him as the Lone Wolf, Andy Anderson. Andy, welcome aboard. Always a pleasure. Running the soundboard, running the equipment, and giving us just too many words that we have to tell him to shut up constantly. We're talking about Elio, <laughs> the gentleman Canellis. 100 words yeah. or less. And we have a uh, returning... Uh, the Chief Atakula Kula, who's been on a couple of these episodes. Chief, welcome aboard. Be back. And uh, you know what? I told him uh, when he's logged on, I was very happy to see us. Welcome aboard, Glamour Boy Shane, uh, one of the legends of Puerto Rican wrestling, I'm going to say. I don't care if he shakes his head, so no, he is in my mind. Well, I wasn't going to shake my head at all. But, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's good to be here. It's good to be a legend somewhere. That's right. Sure. That's right. <laughs> and, and if you can't be a legend anywhere, just be like me and make up a name. Anyways. So, just call yourself a legend. <laughs> anyways, guys, today, our episode, the topic we're going to talk about is Puerto Rican wrestling. And every person here on this panel has a very strong affinity for Puerto Rican wrestling. Three of these guys wrestled there, wrestled there have been there, have been part of that scene. Uh, the other two of us grew up idolizing, worshipping, wondering, thinking all kinds of cool things of what exactly this whole thing is about because it was definitely something different. And uh, I'm going to start off the show. We're going to go back further because I believe probably Shane probably had a, a quicker start in Puerto Rico than the other two guys. So I want to ask Shane, I'm looking at you, Shane. You're a blonde, uh, very blonde, white guy. Blonde hair, blue eyed. Yeah. Not not exactly the the Puerto Rican wrestler <laughs> I would pull out of a lineup, but let, let's talk about that journey to Puerto Rico because obviously you weren't born in Puerto Rico. Uh, born in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, mm. It used to I started uh, uh, at Max Gym in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. There was a a, a guy that was wrestling uh, at that school, and he went over to England for a while. So. I asked him how to get into England. He said, well, listen, just buy a pair of boots, some trunks, take a picture with an American flag, and then send it to the promoter. So I did, and I ended up uh, going over to England for a couple years, and then I went back to Canada where I met Sean Morley, a.k.a. Val Venus. Uh, he had given, he got Carlos's number from somewhere, and uh, he phoned Carlos up, and Carlos, I think it was at that time, it was the Eliminators. Um Kronos and Perry Saturn were in Puerto Rico at the time, and they had to leave for some reason. So they needed a tag team to come in. So Sean got on the phone with Carlos. Carlos says, can you be here tomorrow? So we hopped on a flight to Puerto Rico. And the first night in, uh, we were in Caguas, a uh, very famous place to wrestle in, uh, in Puerto Rico. And we stepped into the ring with Invader and Rex King on our first night in. And we've all heard the stories about what's happened in Puerto Rico with Bruiser Brody and with Invader. And it was uh, a little nerve wracking, to say the least, uh, uh, going backstage and meeting uh, uh, these guys. Now, 
on that way down, you're flying on the trip down to Puerto Rico. Obviously, you've been wrestling for quite a few, you know, for years in England and Canada and, and maybe some in the U.S. But you, did you know exactly what Puerto Rico was? Because it's obviously not the same type of uh, territory as the North American territories. Did you know what you were getting yourself into? It? And what exactly was that we, we, like? We were, we were talking about this before, that all we used yeah. to get in Canada were the, the wrestling magazines with pictures of Carlos and Abby on the front with blood gushing all over their face yeah. in these cages. And I remember saying, as I, we were flying, we were coming into Puerto Rico, I was like, what the heck is this going to be like? Are we going to, is it going to be, is it going to be blood? It's going to be cages. It's going to be, what's, what, what are we getting ourselves into? And that's exactly what we got ourselves into <laughs> was blood, cages, fighting every, every night. It, it was a very physical territory. Uh, it wasn't a lot of high spots. When I first got down, there was a lot of kick and punch and, uh, and blood and gore. But, uh, um, and most of the times you ended up bleeding by a fan throwing a cup with uh, batteries or ice in it that hit you in the head and uh, got everything rocking and rolling. But um, it, it was definitely... Uh, a weird feeling flying into Puerto Rico because I had no idea, you know, but, you know, thank God that it turned out that it turned out a lot differently for me in Puerto Rico. I ended up loving Puerto Rico so much. And I still, I still consider myself uh, a Puerto Rican, a Canadian Puerto Rican. So Canadian Rican, uh, Canadian Rican. Yes. 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 <laughs> Living in the U S yet. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm all mixed up. <laughs> so you come down and uh, you're with, well, did you guys have a name? Did you use oh, we a tag name the, together? The, the Canadian Glamour Boys. Yeah. The Canadian, Sean and Glamour. Boys, the Canadian Glamour Boys. Yeah. I think when we got down there, Sean was about 185 pounds soaking wet. And uh, uh, we had some really cool, cool. The first night in, they, they put us with uh, Invader and Rex. I remember meeting Invader in the back and he goes, Amigo, I don't take bumps for anybody. And I, I remember saying, oh, my gosh, this is going to be one heck of a debut. We're going out there with a guy that's not going to take any bumps. But it all turned out really well. And uh, we got through the match. And uh, uh, this was actually the first place that was the first territory that I got to work with the TV, with the a TV on Saturday and Sundays and then running the island the rest of the week. So it was really the first chance I got to work a territory with TV. And it was so much fun. Now, what were the fans like? Uh, were they very much different at that first match when you walked out and, and you're coming the up? The best fans in the world. The Puerto Rican fans. I mean, Andy, if, if somebody just goes, you know what I'm talking about, right? Exactly. And when you, when you have the, the people rocking and rolling like that and you hear those wahs and the wahs, yeah. It's, it, yeah. You get the, the goosebumps all over you. You know what I mean? It was uh, it was addicting. It was addicting that the fans <laughs> were so good. But I think it made it harder when you went out of Puerto Rico to another territory where the fans weren't as lively. You're like, yes. what the heck? Am I not doing something right here? This isn't working out too good. <laughs> Best fans in the world. Best fans in the world. Yeah. Most passionate. They, they, they yes. have the most passion for wrestling than anywhere else in the world. Yeah, and yeah. and yet I, I feel torn between this because I'm hearing about the great chants and I'm hearing about all these great backings, and then I hear last week you guys talking about them throwing pee and cups at people and ice <laughs> cubes and batteries and coins and. <laughs> hey, so that, it, that's part of the passion. You take the good, you take the bad, you put them all together, and there you have Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. Took me back to a television moment there. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so Shane, when you went down, how long in your 
honest head were you thinking, okay, I'm going down for how long? I Did honestly think when you were headed I, down there. Um, you know, when we went down there, it was uh, just, to be honest with you, I really didn't even think about that. You know, I mean, when you're young and, okay. and in the wrestling business, it's one of those things where you're just hungry to get out there to work, right? So uh, we were just mm -hmm. going down to try to see if we could get something rolling um, and uh, see if we could find some place that would take us at that time. So um, I honestly don't even think it crossed my mind how long we were going to be there, where we were going to stay, mm -hmm. uh, what we were going to do for money. Uh, you know, they said they were going to give us a certain amount each each week, but you know, you heard stories that you sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you don't always get your money. You get but your panadillas. Yes. But to be honest with you, they put us up in a hotel. Um, and uh, I think we started at like 600 bucks a week each. And it was, uh, uh, they had us our money on time every time. I got a little bit spoiled there for at the beginning. And then I, then when the money kind of stopped coming <laughs> in, uh, that's when things kind of changed for me over there. Now, is that from your your jump for, over to the IWA? Is that um, when you started to... I, I actually, uh, they were a day late in paying us. And I remember, I was so cocky at the time. I, I've changed a lot over time, you know, mm -hmm. as we all do when we grow a little bit more mature. But when, uh, when I first got there, yes, yes. Some more than others. Uh, yes, yes. I remember going into Victor Dabika's office and putting my feet up on the table and saying, you know, it's a shame you pay the Glamour Boys a day late. And he said, get out of my office, you crazy guy. So anyways, because they didn't pay us, uh, they were a day late. One day, see how crazy we are. One day late in, in paying yeah. us, I ended up giving my notice there and I ended up leaving uh, Puerto Rico for a little while. Uh, and Sean ended up staying. And, uh, and then I ended up coming back, I think about seven or eight months later, just to do my own single stuff. Okay. Did you did you yeah. kind of regret that looking back? Do you, do you kind of wish you hadn't have done that? No. no, I think it was one of the first was the time that I learned in wrestling business that you can't trust anybody in wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, really when I was looking at the the notes, when I look at looking at the notes that I was taking down from you, uh, it listed you as IWA's first world heavyweight champion. Yeah. How was that to, to feel, you know, like, obviously the they have enough uh, belief think, in you that you're going to carry the company. Yeah, I didn't think that it was going to happen because uh, uh, I honestly thought it was going to be uh, Ricky or Apollo or, Apollo or Miguel. I, I honestly thought when, when I got the word that it was going to be, be me, you know, I was obviously very, very happy about that because, you know, you get to kind of leave a little bit of a mark uh, in, in the business, which was kind of cool. Um, I remember we were all working so hard and I mean, everybody from the bottom of the card all the way up to the top of the card, everybody was, everybody was in the gym. Everybody was training hard. Everybody was, uh, trying to do their best promos. Everybody was always showing up at the towns. Everybody was, uh, trying to put on the best match. So it was a really, really good time, you know? And, um, I think also, I'm not sure at that point if we had, yeah, for sure. They had the connection with the WWE as well. Yep. So you always yep. knew, you always knew that uh, maybe somebody from there was, was watching, right. And might, might come and, and give you a call. Um, so it, it, that, that was, it, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun that night. I remember it was in Bayamon and it was a fatal four way. And uh, um, it, it, 
it'll always stay with me just because it was one of those things where I kind of feel like I left a little bit of a mark in the, the history of Puerto Rican wrestling. Do you remember after the match when you walked through the curtain, who was the first guy there to congratulate you? Oh, was it Santa Andy? <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> even if it wasn't, he's going to say it was. No, no, it absolutely was because yeah. it was, you know what? And, and I mean, you know, Shane, Shane's being very humble and being very modest here. Uh, and I know we kind of jumped from, from where Shane was with WWC and leaving to uh, all of a sudden, you know, IWA champion. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in that span, there's still several years there yep. uh, of him, you know, coming back to WWC uh iwa didn't really start going until 1999 where what we had done was we uh we had did the equivalent of like 14 weeks of tv and we started running tv before we even started doing any house shows and when we were doing those initial house shows uh we were getting 50 60 people you know and it was a, it was a slow build uh you know we'd have a couple guys we had uh ricky santana and fidel sierra they were also from wwc they were some of the first guys that uh kind of were part of the initial IWA uh, build there. Um, did yeah, you they come? were a big part of it. Yes, yes, they were. Yes, they were. I mean, I, I, could, I could speak very highly of, of Ricky and Fidel because they, uh, they were great veterans. They provided that uh, veteran presence in the locker room. Uh, yeah. I, could, I mean, I could go off on stories for, for myself on, on how they were good to me and how they helped me. Uh, yeah. We had, did you come over before Chicky and Victor? Who came over first? Do you remember? They came over first. They came over. So that was yeah. a big deal. I mean, Chicky and Victor, you know, like two of the most recognizable faces, probably, you know, especially Chicky, um, you know, one of the biggest stars in Puerto Rican wrestling history. So for those guys to jump over, that was a big deal. Uh, and then when we had Shane eventually jump over, that was a big deal. I think I was one of your first matches too. When, uh, when, we, when we do about 30 matches in the small little, uh, yeah, in the little Carolina. Yeah, the little cancha. Yeah, uh, three thousand degrees in the dressing room. Oh man, but but I'll tell you, and I mean, and I would have done this. I was going to actually try and hijack your introduction to Shane, but it was short. So, but mm-hmm. Shane, and I mean, and I'm speaking more from the time like my first trip to Puerto Rico uh, was in December '98, and then I came back uh, later in '99. That's when we started doing the tapings for for IWA, and I mean, being you know. Uh, a student of the game of the business i was following both very closely i will tell you and i mean he's better nod his head shane was one of the most over wrestlers in the history of puerto rico especially the modern history uh you know and and i would venture to say outside of like you know abdullah maybe i'm missing one or two as far as like non-puerto ricans you know, when you said right off the bat, you know, this, this guy here, you know, he's got the good looks, he's got the blonde hair, he's got the blue eyes. I mean, I know he's in Tampa now, but I mean, he had an awesome tan. I mean, we used to, you know, we had some really good tans back in the day in Puerto Rico. <laughs> you know, and, and I mean, Shane's charisma, his wrestling, I was at a stage still where I was trying to, not trying to get my, my stuff in, but I always wanted to do a little bit more because I was kind of more like the Jericho Benoit Guerrero style. Uh, and I've always said Shane was the hybrid, the love child, if you will, of Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels with his style, with the way he carried himself. He had, you know, that was one of the good things I'll say about WWC, uh, and I'm sure, Shane, you could back me up on this, is for having the television, and especially where they had to, you know, they kind of didn't have to worry about translating because guys would, would often do that. They got an opportunity to speak. And I remember Shawn telling us, I remember Shawn telling me to Shawn Morley Valvinas, 
that was one of the best things about Puerto Rico was having those the TV on Saturday, having the TV on Sunday, gave them lots of opportunity to uh, to do the promos. Yeah. And back then, you know, that's guys were doing the promos on their own. They weren't getting the bullet points. They weren't getting scripts. This was the guys developing the character, guys developing the story. It was coming from the heart. And mm-hmm. Shane had that ability to to draw the people in. Were you ever a heel? I mean, I, I know you did with the glamour. Yeah, but, but, I mean, but once you did the single, single run, were you ever a heel? Yeah, ever again in Puerto Rico? One yeah. time, I think. One and time, that, yeah. And that, that, didn't, was, that didn't go over too well, right? Yeah, no. that's, like, that's, like, that's like trying to put Steve Austin – you know, as as a heel during during like yeah. how hot he was. Yeah, we yeah. turned so, on Ricky. We turned on Ricky and Bayamon. Yeah, bah. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, but Shane, man, there's very few people. And, and Chief, I mean, you know, if I'm wrong, please tell me. But there's very few people that I think that's, captured. That's... No, no, no. I'm not finished putting you over yet. No, I said it's very nice. Where do I send the check? Over here. <laughs> Canada. There's very few people, very few people that captured, I think, the hearts of Puerto Rico like Shane the Glamour Boy did. Well, you know, yeah. I was very good at suffering. Especially you were, you were. yes. Non-Puerto Rican because most yes. Americans that went there were heels. Yeah, it was the American invaders, and then you fought the Puerto Rican baby exactly. face. Definitely a different situation with Shane than the majority of Americans that go there. And you know okay. what, with, with, with the suffering, I'll throw in one last thing here because I'm on a roll of putting him over. He would, <laughs> and, I, and I said like the Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, but, but I'm just, but I'm also explaining this because anybody that's, anybody that's Puerto Rican that's going to watch the show or listen to our show, they're going to listen and they're going to know what I'm saying. And they know I'm right. For those of you that are watching or listening and aren't familiar with Shane, if you go back and if you go on YouTube and you find like IWA stuff and whatever, you'll see firsthand as far as selling goes, and Chief, again, you back me up or you can tell me I'm wrong, but Shane was more along the lines of like a Ricky Morton. Right. He sold to those people. He suffered for those people. The people felt it. And when he started shaking, when he was kind of like hulking up and doing the thing and coming back, that's where, you know, Shane talks about. You get that. You know, he starts to come back. He had that punch. Wah, wah, wah. And then like the big windup, wah, wah. And that's like one of the greatest things. I can feel the ring shake right now. Exactly. And, and especially when you're as over as Shane was as a baby face, it made your job as a heel that much easier. Yeah. I, I want to put you over too, Andy, because uh, you said you were the first person waiting behind the curtain when he came through after he won the title. Yes. That's, that, you're a good friend. Hulk Hogan wouldn't have done that. Hulk Hogan never <laughs> would have done that. He would have been mad it wasn't his belt. <laughs> Sorry, running Chief, joke. Long-running joke, Chief. Yeah, long-running joke. As soon as Chief, as soon as you said, I'm like, I'm like, I put you over, I'm like, he's ribbing me already. I know it. <laughs> but you know what? Andy, uh, but, but but yes, Andy you're, you're younger than I am, correct? Yes. I think yeah, a little bit. It, it, it seemed like you were always watching out for me in Puerto Rico, to be honest with you. You know, it uh, seemed at times where, where you, you would have to take care of me sometimes, which was very, very nice. And now that we're putting everybody over here at the Cadover <laughs> Fest, I'd say thank you very much for those times. Eh? That means a lot to me, and I'll never forget that. Eh? Well, I, I, I know what you speak of, and there were, there, was, there was, yeah, there was some times. But, I mean, that's – you know what, though? And, and I think maybe this goes back – and, again, I, I'm, I'm trying to include Chief in here, and, you know, and to say, like, even though you're kind of an adopted Puerto Rican or Canada Rican or whatever, you know, you still had the, the the boys kind of looking after each other. And I think you still had kind of the, the, uh, you know, the, the non Puerto Rican guys kind of looking out for each other. And I mean, and I mean, 
maybe we'll get to it. Maybe we won't. But I mean, there's a ton of guys that I'd love to list. I mean, I talked about Ricky. I talked about Fidel. We could talk about Brett Sanders. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we talked about Sean and man, there was just, especially, and again, I can speak to kind of like 99 to 2003, 2004, the amount of talent, the amount of guys that we had, at least, at least, especially within IWA and, and WWC, that's not even talking about like any of the independents or whatnot, but yeah, man, like, yeah. you know, Puerto Rico, the more I look back on it, it, you know, it's for me, you know, like it, it's like Memphis and Puerto Rico, I think are probably two of the best territories ever for, for emotion, for, for stories and, and for the fan involvement. And I just, we're, we're talking yeah, about. Puerto- yeah, I agree on that. Yeah, yeah. that. I always talk about Memphis and of course, Puerto Rico. Yeah. 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 Chief, did you, did you work in, in Memphis? Um, I work. I didn't. I didn't work for for Lawler, uh, but I did work in Memphis. Oh, I have off and on over thirty years. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I I was there yeah, for one. I, when I was, I was when I was younger, I was down there for a while, so I actually got to when I was a teenager, I got to see some of the Mid South Coliseum stuff. Live. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That years. building, the building, the Mid South Coliseum, kind of reminds me of uh, uh, well, Bayamon uh, reminds me of the Mid South, a small Mid South Coliseum yes. kind of. Just, yeah, uh, they used to have that place rock and roll. And uh, you're talking about watching old wrestling. Like I, I love going back to watch uh, uh, Lawler's matches in in uh, USWA against Bill Dundee and uh, the Jarrett back then in, in in USWA when he was just like an 18, 17, 18 year old. Uh, Jeez, yeah, uh, kicking <laughs> kicking butt. But it is so so similar. I think a lot of the the bookers that were in Puerto Rico all had. They were all from Memphis, correct? Yeah, Dutch Mantel. Dutch, uh, Eddie Gilbert. Yeah. Eddie was yeah. there. Dutch was there. Luke was there. So all those finishes were all done not in Memphis first and then brought over to Puerto Rico and done over in Puerto Rico. And they're pretty much probably still going on today. They're in, in Puerto Rico. <laughs> well, you know, it's sort of funny because uh, as, when we first set up this idea of doing a Puerto Rican episode, um, one of the things we came across, of course, was there might be problems with language. You know, uh, which my first real question out of this was, uh, and maybe I'm, you know, obviously I don't know enough about uh, Puerto Rico. Was it a problem that you guys spoke English and not Spanish? Did that was there a hard translation for that, or did the fans? What, what's, that very quick? what's interesting is a lot, a lot of the um, most of the not all the Puerto Ricans can speak English, but most of them understand it. So they might understand what we're saying, but then when they communicate back, we might not understand them. You know, uh, okay, uh, and that was probably for the best quite often too. That's <laughs> 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 probably for the best quite often too that we didn't understand. <laughs> well, you, you learn a lot of Spanish quick over there. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> now, uh, before we're going to say this part about Shane, uh, I just want to throw this, and I'm going to throw it out to everyone but Elio, because Elio always scoops in and, and takes the answers away from you guys. But the reason that I wanted Chicky Star on here not only because he was an amazing talent and, and had a, a thing, but there was a connection for me, for him, because of the small town time he came up to Stampede Wrestling. Okay? Oh, yeah. Now, do you know what was the unique connection about Chicky Star in Stampede Wrestling? Did you guys, if you, if you knew any Stampede Wrestling, you might. Well, I know he was there with Profe. Weren't they a tag team? Profe yes. and, and Chicky? And yes. then Carlos was also there as well. Carlos met his wife, I think, from in Calgary, right? And same, well, and same, and same with Hercules Ayala, because his wife is here from Ayala. Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, that's yeah. what we used to watch every set. I, I don't know if it was Saturdays, but in Toronto, uh, mm-hmm. before WWE, we used to get the Stampede Wrestling there at yeah, all. Saturdays. Yeah, I, I used to love watching it. Uh, and I was so mad when they took it off TSN. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. yeah, that was horrible when they took it off TSN. But that was, we used to see Benoit and uh, Brett when he was younger and, uh, and then uh, the Assassin. Uh, and Cuban Assassin. The, bad News Brown. Bad News. Yeah, Bad News, yeah, bad news Brown. Bad News Allen. Bad News Allen. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Jerry Morrow uh, oh. and the Hearts. Oh. Now, was Beef, Beef oh. Wellington. Beef yep. Wellington. That yep. name alone drew me in. <laughs> I was like, who is this Beef Wellington guy? <laughs> well, and then, well and then there was also Fashion Booger. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Mike sing. Shaw. Mike Shaw. Fucking sing. Yeah. Mike Shaw. And there was uh, uh, Strangler Steve DeSalvo, who in oh, Puerto yes. Rico with Capital was Steve Strong. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the, so the weird connection I was shooting for is this only happens in wrestling. Only in professional wrestling can this possibly happen. Is a guy named Chicky Star comes up, and there's already a total Ron star. rotten Ron Star, a total white bread hick, who all of a sudden now he's his magical cousin. Chicky is his <laughs> magical southern, south of the border cousin. And they teamed up for a bit here as cousins, as the Star family, which I thought was pretty funny. And he, he spent a lot of time in Puerto Rico, Rambo yeah. Ron Star, did he not? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ron. Ron just passed away here recently. Yes. Oh, really? Yes. I actually looked him up to see about. Oh, why don't we get Ron Starr? And I was very sad to see that he had just passed away. Yeah. yeah. A lot of wrestlers look so, very young, eh? Yeah. yeah. A lot of wear and tear. A lot of mileage. Yeah. Now. We started the show and we were brainstorming about who should we get for guests. And, you know, uh, we wanted to get uh, we wanted to get Chicky Star because of that connection. But the one person I said I really wanted was Glamour Boy Shane. And I, I'm not sure if, if people were surprised by that, but it's because every time I look back, that name always popped up, causing so much things going on. He was always somewhere on that card. And I never really got to see a lot of him because there's not a lot of footage from too far back you know we got later footage of stuff but his name always stuck in my head as someone important in puerto rico so that's why and and the chance to to get to talk to you about it now i went over really quickly just because i wanted to to grab that point but let's go back a bit to w w uh wwc when you first came in okay and what what was some of the most enjoyable opponents that you had some of the things that really you felt brought out the best in you Oh, working, with, working, with, working with Ray Gonzalez. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I used to love working with Ray Gonzalez. Uh, I think um, uh, I used to have a pair of white boots, uh, these uh, big high high top white boots that made me feel like Superman when I was in WWC. Uh, and uh, my wife threw them out. Remember, I couldn't believe this. These are my favorite boots in the world, you know, and I put them up in my closet and, and I went out to take out the garbage one day. And here are these white boots in the garbage. And I, <laughs> I grabbed my white boots and I brought them back in the house. I told my wife, I said, don't throw these out. These are my favorite boots. You know, they had blood stains all over them. They'd been through some wars. I put them back in the closet. About a week later, I was walking back from the Panaderia that was just down the street from my house. And here was the local bum, you know, local little skinny guy, really old guy, skinny, really dark. He's wearing both my boots, a pair of my knee pads, and one of my, my, my flowered shirts. And I could not believe it. And I looked at my wife, and it, if it wasn't so funny, I think I would have thrown her into the river. <laughs> I think we all have what everyone who's been married has things that the wife has thrown away that we love. 
so many good workers in WWC. Uh, it was, uh, you know, the, I think one of the best things about working in WWC when I first got there was you didn't get to talk to the guys. So we had separate dressing rooms. Usually they were on either sides of the building, right? Mm -hmm. um, and when we first got there, we obviously didn't speak a lot of Spanish. Sean, Sean was, uh, Sean spoke a little bit of Spanish. I think he was working hard on, on learning Spanish. Um, but you would talk to the referee, but a lot of the times the ref, one of the couple of the referees in WWC at that time, they used to drink a lot during the, the night. So, you know, if you send a message over to the other, other guys, what you want to do, usually it got, uh, very mixed up by the time you got into the <laughs> ring. So, so it, it was, it was a real, it was a place where you could learn to work on the fly, right. And just call it in the ring. So that was one of the, one of the big learning things for me at that time. Uh, which later on in my wrestling career, I totally threw out the window and I wanted to know exactly what was going to happen <laughs> every part of the frickin' match. <laughs> now, uh, how different, okay, we've talked about like the fans being different, but what was it like living there now? You know, oh, it was you're, awesome. you're, you're, in Puerto Rico. You're, in, you're in paradise. Right, yep. but I mean, you deal, do you have to deal with the fans a lot? Are there people coming up to you quite a bit? Are they staying away from you as you're out of the wrestling thing? Oh, I think that was another thing that, that drew me uh, to stay into Puerto Rico was the people. The people of Puerto Rico are the most friendliest people that, that you can ever imagine. Um, you know, it, it was always... When they're not throwing... When they're not yeah. throwing glasses of piss yeah. at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. for sure. But out, out <laughs> in the street, out in yeah. the street, everything was, you know, everything... If you were, if you were on TV as a wrestler... Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, uh, people would always be talking to you and saying, Hey, come on over to my grandma's house. She's cooking tonight. And let me tell you something. Puerto Rican food is the yeah. best food in the world. Uh, my <laughs> wife is Puerto Rican and she is the best cook in the world. And, uh, um, and, and it, that warmth of family and sharing and, uh, you know, every, every night in Puerto Rico was, uh, something was going on, uh, you know, and it was just, uh, uh, coming from such a cold place like Canada <laughs> being in such a nice warm climate uh, with friendly people that were, were giving away free food was uh, very appealing to me. But the people were awesome. The thing about Puerto Rico was the trips are so short. Yes. Yeah. You were always like back in your own bed every night. And it's yeah. that perception I think I talked to you about a little while back off the air. I, I, I think a couple of times about it. The people that live there, like if you're going from San Juan down to Cogwis, it's what, 30 minutes. They think that's a yeah. long ways because most people don't leave their own neighborhood in yeah. San Juan or, you know, suburb, basically. So people don't travel as much as we do here. So they think they, they think like there's a lot of people on San Juan who their dream is to go down to Ponce someday, you know. It's <laughs> like an hour, hour and a half away. away yeah. North, you know, you're the ocean. But, but they just, um, so, but for us, if you come from the States, that's a very, you know, those are very short trips. You know, and it comes shorter from Canada. Yeah. Every month it's eight hours, you know? So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. You go to the other side of the island on a Sunday and that's like the big long trip. It's like a four hour drive or something at most. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And you're still in your back. Like you said, you're back in your own bed every night. Have you two forgot about Hoyuya? Hayuya, going up in the mountains. Hayuya and Barranquitas. Oh, yeah. But 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 Shane was right. I mean, again, speaking to you know to the kind of the time frame being there, mm -hmm. uh, you're at the time you know you're on an island of about two million people, and at least a quarter of the population are watching the television. 
Mm-hmm. So, and especially, you know, if you're a blonde hair, blue eyed guy, or, you know, you're, you're a Canadian or you're the big chief or something like that, like you stand out from, you know, the average Puerto Rican. And even if people don't watch, cause I mean, I would get, you know, like, I was like, mira, mira, el lobo, el lobo, you know, whatever. And I've, you know, I've hanging out enough time with Shane, like, mira, Shane, el chico gamboso, mira, Shane, rock and roll, huchiku. <laughs> you know, and that's, and that's always the good stuff. And yeah. there's other times where you can tell that people recognize you or they like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, one of these things is not like the other. And you right. can tell it's like, oh, like, mira, mira, eres un luchador, like you're a wrestler. So they might not follow too closely, but they know they know you're a wrestler, and that's you know that was kind of there. But but yeah, I mean overall, like there's very rarely, like, and, and you know Shane was mostly a you know a, a babyface. Uh, Chief, I imagine you were mostly a heel, or were you babyface? I'm always a heel, and, and people throw stuff at me, Henny. But being 350 pounds with a pink mohawk, They're like not- when I'm on the beach, or even just walking down on like Isla Verde or something. Um, yeah. people will yell at me. They'll be like, at a Kula Kula, they'll come up to me on the beach. They're nice to me outside of the wrestling. Yeah. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and, and, that's, and that's what I was going to get at. Was even, like, even for me as a heel, I mean, you know, you get the looks. Like I said, you get like, oh, you're the wrestler or whatever. But, but by and by, like, you know, maybe, you know, if we had Savio here, Chicky here, they could speak earlier to the 80s or something, or Dutch or something. Maybe there was more, there was more to it. But I, but I think as far as kind of like, you know, our time frame, People were cool. They were friendly. Uh, it, it was just, man, like, it, it's like Shane said, that it's like you're living in paradise. You know, and if you're wrestling Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, you're on TV. they got four hours, four hours of television. And, and it's, it's, you're in your own bed every night. You got, you know, one hour drive, two hour drive, four hour drive, you're back. You're not doing like the eight hour drive like Chief's talking about or something like that. It was just uh, paradise. Shame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great, great place to work. Yeah, was that chief? Sorry. When is the last time you were down there? Uh, I was the last time I was there uh, was was part of my honeymoon because we were on a cruise, and uh, that was two thousand and nine. I saw and you was, there, didn't I? See and that you was yeah, yeah. We got because yeah, we we were there for the day, and that was you and your wife and, and your son, and we spent a part of the afternoon together at the beach. We still got some pictures and stuff. I went by the IWA office, saw Miguel and Savio and and Luke and those guys, and kind of just went around and and I mean, it, yeah, like it's been so you know so long, but but Port, I mean, there's still people that I talk to from Puerto Rico, you know, mm-hmm. on, on a regular yeah, basis. I was going there still all the way up until February until this mess hit. But I, I know Shane was over there last year for Sylvian. Yeah. Yeah. I think but I went for the – yeah, Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. And then I realized yeah. I have no business getting back into the ring. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, thought I thought it went well. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sure we could get you in there for a little, a little of the shakes, a little rock and roll, hoochie salsa, merengue, you know, maybe drop an elbow, do something, and I'm sure the place would still go nuts. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. You guys running on a show? <laughs> well, I my see for me, my thing has been is just like way up in northern Canada. It's 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 not cheap to get to Puerto Rico. Because yeah, I've yeah. talked with Savio, I've talked with a few other guys, like you know, independents. They're like, "Oh, like we'd like to bring you in." And, and right away, I'm like, "Look, I, I, you know, I appreciate it. I would love to do it, but I know, like, it's it's not a cheap, not a cheap thing to do." The border is closed right now in Canada, is it? It's yeah. well, I mean, it's supposed to be. I mean, people are still. <laughs> well, it's essential. You can still say you're essential. You, you can't really drive fast. across, but you, it's easier to fly across than it is yeah. to drive. Okay. Now, I guess, I guess, Andy, wouldn't you, if you just talked to a bunch of uh, guys and just did a tour, that might work out, right? 
Possibly. I mean, you know, <laughs> you, you get never 10 dates, like, that might work out. I, I, I'd love to go back to Puerto Rico, whether, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's like for, for wrestling. I mean, and I don't know how much I could kind of relive the old glory days or whatever, but, but, uh, like some of my best memories in the, for the wrestling business, some of my best mm-hmm. memories just as, as a, as an individual are Puerto Rico. I mean, for me, I mean, you know, as a guy that was chasing the dream and trying to get to, you know, full-time WWE, full-time Japan, uh, to be on an island where you're wrestling, you know, that's all you got to do is wrestle four nights a week. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, it's, it was just, it, we, you know, it, uh, Chief mentioned Isla Verde and Shane. I mean, that's pretty much, we, you know, we were always kind of in that area of Puerto Rico, which was sort of a tourist area, but, uh, you know, if you lived in, in Isla Verde, you were never really more than like, like a five minute walk from the beach. Yep. You know, we had a couple of gyms in the area. Puerto Rican food is amazing. Like it, it's like really, like, you can't can't go wrong there. Yeah, okay. I guess okay. I, honestly, I guess you could go wrong because there's enough of the you know. If sometimes you're looking, things do go wrong. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> some things go wrong. But... <laughs> Thank well, God okay. the cameras didn't have videos. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> well, you know, uh, one question I've always and I'm just thinking of like as as I was a young boy looking at things from Puerto Rico, things that struck out to me. One thing that struck out to me was uh, the unusual setup of some of these shows where they'd have a ring in the middle of like a big uh, baseball thing. And there'd be like just all this humongous room and then fans in the benches. I mean, that's a pretty unique setup. Uh, The first time, Shane, the first time you went to one of these shows and you came out, did that have an odd feeling? What was that like? I mean, that no, must it was have... awesome. It was awesome because you could you could actually go, okay, tackle, drop down, <laughs> new drop, hip toss, and nobody knew what you're talking about. What did you say? The Coliseum, like on the, on the baseball or yeah. on the basketball court, the ring is out in the middle, no seats on the floor, and then everybody sits in the bleacher seating. It, it's still very much the same. Yeah. And, and that's a nice setup, right? When you're when you're the promotion and you're the boys and stuff. If you don't have a ring crew, or whatever, they, basically you're just you're just doing the ring, and that's it. You don't have to worry about setting up chairs. Uh, uh, yeah, I just got a message. Did you get that? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I will say, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, because I mean, for the longest time, it was always WWC that was the setup. But IWA started doing ringside, but for big shows. What a huge difference that made because that changed the game for everything. Not only that, but it was the IWA with their TV that really changed things in Puerto Rico. And that was one of the things that drew me to go to the IWA. I actually uh, left uh, Capitol to work for IWA uh, because of that reason. It was uh, the feel was more uh, WWE-ish. Yes. You know, at the the time it was uh, – better camera quality, better camera angles, better uh, guys high, high flying uh, over the top rope, guys from Mexico, guys from Japan. It was, uh, it was faster. It was crisper on the screen because you remember, I'm sure Capitol's TV is probably still the same where it's, you know, they're <laughs> using equipment from the, from the seventies probably yeah. Uh, yeah. to put out their show on beta, beta, <laughs> beta uh, max. Yeah. And, uh, just when that when you guys first started doing the IWA like that, and we used to watch, and like you said, you used to watch WWE. I used to watch the IWA too to see what was going on. It was such a draw, and I knew I had a great, I had a good feeling that this was going to be the next big thing in in Puerto Rico, and that's why one of the main reasons that I left uh, Carlos at that time to go to IWA. Okay, okay. So now, if I had to explain to fans, right, 
and I want you to explain it. And then you get these two, you'll get Chief and, and uh, Tony, Tony. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Andy. If I had, if you had to describe what was Glamour Boy Shane when you came into the ring, like you, we've heard vague references to rock and roll and things. What exactly were you? If you had to describe you to fans. Oh, uh, you, you know, to be honest with you, look, looking back, you, my, my favorite wrestlers were the Horsemen uh, mm-hmm. and, and then also the Rock and Roll Express, uh, Ricky Steamboat, uh, 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 Macho Man, and Hogan, uh, you know, the guys from the 80s, right? The, mm-hmm. uh, when uh, WrestleMania first started with Cindy Lauper and uh, Captain Lou Albano and all that, those were my, that was what I grew up on. So to be honest with you, uh, Flair always stuck out to me. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like he did with a lot of people, I think. And I would think I probably uh, copied him a little bit too much, to be honest with you. Uh, I kind of found my own style, more of a Ricky Morton, uh, Shawn Michaels kind of selling type of guy. I was mm-hmm. never really too good at doing uh, wrestling moves, but I was good at selling. Uh, and uh, I would try to get the sympathy behind uh, the, the character so that when he finally had that opportunity to to pull off a win that would get the people to, to, to come out of their seats. That was, I was always usually the, the David versus Goliath type of uh, character, you know, uh, always wrestling a lot of the bigger guys and uh, the big guys used to come in and beat the crap out of me the week before. And then we'd have a good little run with a nice blow off match. And, um, but I, I was uh, 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 a character that you could sympathize with. And say, get off of your butt and do something. Let's go. <laughs> and then finally, when you do it, then the people would would come up, right? Uh, but it okay. took. It, it, I was um, definitely Flair was a huge uh, inspiration, and it, and probably a detriment to me in the <laughs> eyes of of everybody in uh, WWE or uh, other places. A lot of a lot of people in power in WWE used to tell me that. Uh, they didn't see Shane. They saw uh, somebody copying with Flair. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, well, so, you, but, and you had, because you had, you had your strut, which is kind of almost, uh, to me, it was more of a Jackie Fargo strut than a Ric Flair strut. Yeah. But you had the strut, you had, you know, you would go with the chops, you had the woo. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that was, that was all there. And it, it's, it's funny because to me, watching you, it's like that was there, but yet for how I saw you as Shane the Glamour Boy, I didn't, I mean, there, there's guys you can watch. I mean, and I had people compare me to, you know, to he who we do not speak of. And that was kind of what I was going for. Cause that's, that was, you know, who I was trying to kind of pattern yeah. myself after, but yet I never, but because, because to me, Shane had such a, a hybrid of the Morton, the, the Michaels and the flair. Mm-hmm. I didn't look at him as like, Oh, there's a guy that's a copycat. It's just, he was taking the best of Ricky Morton, the best of Shawn Man, Michaels. I wish you were booking in WWE at the time. <laughs> <laughs> brother, I was, tra- I was trying to get myself booked at the time. Never mind. <laughs> oh, I know, brother. I was right there with you. Yeah, uh, yeah. What's missing today, though, is guys don't get the selling part of it, you know? Yes. Like, like you can never come back if you were never down. Like Shane said that he wasn't the best at wrestling moves, but I, you always, always heard me preach on here that, that moves don't really matter that much. No. Good drama. Good wrestling is drama. You know, it's, it's yeah. moves. And, and like I said, before, you know, 10 years from now, people aren't going to remember what you did. They're going to remember how you made them feel. Exactly. And, and the drama and the emotion, the selling, getting behind a baby face is much more important than any specific, you know, particular move they could do. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. Secondary. Yeah. Because, you know, somebody, there's, there's 
300 other guys out there do the same moves you do. I mean, we all do the same moves. I mean, I might not do this move, but you might not do that move, but there's always somebody that does it, you know? So that, so the moves don't really matter. It's the story and, and the drama that's always been more important to me than the and, actual. And the connection. You know, yeah. Chief, I remember you were doing a, I'm not sure, you were doing a round, you were wrestling a lot of different people in the States and in Puerto Rico. And I remember I see, saw you post something about that you wanted to wrestle me. And uh, and I, I started to get very excited about that for some reason because I hadn't wrestled in a while. And I was like, should I, should I call and see if we could set something up like this with the Chief? But I, I didn't end up doing it, but I never really, I never had a chance to talk to you about that because I, I think you did post something on the internet one time about, about wrestling. Yeah, wrestling yeah, yeah you, you were one of the people I, I did want to work with. You know, a lot of times they, because um, I'm a big guy, a monster heel. Like you were saying, the Davy Goliath thing, that's what I'm best at. A lot yeah, of places yeah. in the States want to put me with other big guys, other large baby faces. I don't think the big guy, big guy thing works that well to me. Unless they hate like each other. You got to have the little guy, the underdog, come back. Like, the thing we did, you know, because I've probably only been beat by pinfall in Puerto Rico probably three or four times over the last 10 years that I've been there. And um, one of them was Mr. Dollar, who was a lot smaller than me. And we built that matchup uh, in Rio Grande on, on, on uh, their anniversary um, a few years ago. And when he pinned me at the end of that match, I was in a, that place erupted. Somebody was recording with my cell phone and I actually distorted the mic in my cell phone because That's the awesome. pop was too loud. And I, I, to me, like a lot of guys like the cheers, but I, I, I don't, when I'm a face somewhere, I don't really get off on the, on the people cheering me. I get off on making people angry than booing me. But to me, the best feeling in the world is when you're a heel and you built something like that and you're laying on the mat right after that baby faces beat you and that place explodes to me that's the best feeling in the world amen yeah. brother amen yeah. 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 <laughs> now you know uh it's sort of funny because we have done um a lot of different topics one of the topics we talked about was the so-called foreign heel like the foreign menace somebody comes in who's very much different to a territory a country a place he doesn't look the same he doesn't talk the same and most times those guys become villains right away. People want to dislike something that looks different than them. Right. Uh, you were the weird case of someone who looked very much different than everyone, yet you managed to have the people gravitate towards you. Because so many things that I'd read about you just talked about people, how they just wanted to be behind you and back you. And, and you were their guy coming from a lot of Puerto Rican guys who look nothing like you, who don't even speak the same language as you. What yeah, do you yeah. think your, was the key to your success for that? I would literally shake everybody's hand on my way to the ring and hug and kiss as many babies and people as I could before I got into the ring. Uh, <laughs> I, I would literally go and say hello to everybody before. I remember even wrestling Andy one time and I'm out there shaking hands and hugging people and he's looking at me like, are you really doing this? I was like, you just wait a second here. I think I got lots of time on my head. He, he was, he was working. He was working. <laughs> I'm working. And then not only that, but, uh, um, you know, there would be guys that were baby faces in certain territories and they would leave the building and they wouldn't talk to anybody. They wouldn't say hello to anybody. They wouldn't be cordial or, or whatever. And they're the baby faces. So how do you expect these people that are coming every week? And you'd see a lot of the same people every yeah. week, to be honest with you, going out that back door of those buildings every week, it was the same people. If they don't like you there, how are they supposed to like you? Like I understand if you're, if you're a heel, 
uh, and you're leaving the building, of course, you're not going to. But if you're a baby face, you're going to walk out with an attitude like you're the hottest crap in the world. You know, the, these people, they, they know they know uh, people. And they, I think Puerto Ricans have a great, uh, um, they, they can judge a book by its cover sometimes. And they can, they, they know when some somebody's faking something and when somebody's putting their heart and soul into something, right? So uh, I, I always tried to work hard. Uh, uh, in the beginning of my career, towards the end, I, I got a little bit lazy, I would probably say, uh, but uh, <laughs> I always tried to, to work as hard as I could and tried to do, we all, we all did, try to do our best job possible because people paid money to come see a wrestle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want, I, want to, I want to get back to this match between you and me, Shane. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Hang on. I, I want to go back here because I got to put Shane over a little bit more just because, oh. again, he's being modest. He's being humble. And, and again, like, I got to see a lot of this firsthand when he was working for WWC and especially when he was working for IWA. And what Shane was saying, you know, is, was true is as far as like, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies and all that. But I mean, and we, we would joke. It's like Shane was running for mayor. Because that's you know he was shaking everybody's hand, but but you guys all know and and Chief, I'm sure you'll agree too. There's some guys when they do that, and you can tell it's it's not exactly natural. They're just going through the motions. They're yeah. going through the motions, yeah. Shane, I mean, to his credit, whether I, I mean I believe he was being genuine, but I mean if there was ever days where he was kind of and you wouldn't see, it, was one of like the most genuine, humble, soft-spoken guys. So that you know, and and, and let's be honest, Shane, your 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 Spanish was horrible. We, we would we would joke about this, you know. It's like he'd been there like years longer than I had, and like within like months or something, we'd always joke with like him and his wife was like, "I speak better better Spanish than he does, and he's been here like for years and stuff." But but Shane would always, and I can still I can still see it where he'd go to shake hands, you know, someone shake his hand, and it'd be like you know like the double hand class, like oh like muchas gracias, like like this and and whatever, and it was just this so so kind. And like, so you had that outside the ring and then inside the ring, it was, you know, when you talk about guys like, you know, like John Cena, Roman Reigns, it's like, okay, well, this, these are the guys that, you know, the, the kids would get behind that the, the girls would get behind. And that's how that was. And then with a lot of the guys, you know, and you said, well, it's like, he doesn't look like a typical Puerto Rican, but mm-hmm. the way he carried himself and, you know, he, even if he got knocked down when he came back, he was a house of fire. And it, it's one of those things where everybody you know, the general population could get behind him. He was a good guy outside the ring. He was a good, a good guy inside the ring. You know, he was the, the penultimate, uh, you, know, the, the, you know, often the underdog, but, but he never gave up, never quit, always fought back, you know. And, and you know, we, we, we touched on kind of the blood and gore of Puerto Rico. Uh, I don't know if it's as prevalent in the last, you know, 15, 20 years as it used to be, but it's the same thing. I mean, you know, and Shane would bleed. I mean, and he's got the, the nice blonde hair. So you get the blood going through there, just mm-hmm. like it would for Ric Flair, like the visuals for that. It's like, how do you not like the guy? How do you not get behind the guy? And at the time, I mean, you know, you're still kind of the, the early stages of, of you know, early stage, but you know, there, the, there's the, the stages in WWE of kind of the cool heel but one of the great things about puerto rico and i don't know if we'll get it if we're going to touch on this to kind of come back and touch on it or not but one of the great things when we talk about the passion of puerto rico wrestling and puerto rican wrestling fans is the belief the belief it's you know the suspension of disbelief the belief it's real uh just that you know talk about the emotional connection and that was so strong in puerto rico i think it was 
I want to say maybe 2000, 2001. It was actually made front page news, Primera Aura, that there was like Chicky and Savio on the front page. And it was kind of like the, 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 the headline was along the lines of like, they finally like, like wrestling, pro wrestling is not real. It's like a show. So you put that into your mind that, you know, the early two, you know, the, the turn of the century, it's coming out as front page news that, hey, wrestling's a show. Yeah. yeah. That's, when, when was it that Vince uh, said oh, that yeah. it was sports entertainment? That, that was in the 80s, I think, wasn't it? Because that no, was to get away like, from the New York Commission. I thought it was in the 90s. Late 90s? 80s, I think. Uh, yeah. Google the machine. Was, it was, Google. It was, well, I've done Google. I'm pretty sure it was the '90s because it was after all the court things started coming out, oh, and then, okay. then they went after them about wanting to uh, all this. They didn't want to pay any more state athletic commissions, right? So he came out to say, "Hey, we're not that actually darn sports. Ken Hayashi." <laughs> Explain that one to the fans. <laughs> we're still trying to figure it out. What do you mean the show's canceled? One, one thing that we, I to, we got to pay what? Is the stigma that Puerto Rican wrestling has got because of uh, the whole Bruiser Brody incident. Like, even mm-hmm. uh, when I started going down there nine or ten years ago, I got a lot of flack over here from people said I shouldn't go because of what happened in the 80s. And mm-hmm. uh, and then even, you know, I, I'm involved quite a bit with Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in, in uh, Wichita Falls, Texas. And every year, I, I, I had last few years, I've been trying to get Chicky on the ballot. And the only Puerto Rican wrestler they have in uh, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame and Texas, and I know I'm going to get some flack from these guys for this, for bringing it up, but I always do on podcasts and stuff, is is uh, Pedro Morales, who never mm-hmm. actually wrestled in Puerto Rico. <laughs> he started right. in New, New York, York, yeah. <laughs> but but um, they, they basically, like, they don't want to put anybody in there. It's like he's, they're, they're blacklisted, hey? Yeah. Over the world, and I'm like, Chicky Star had nothing to do with this. Savio Vega had nothing to do with this. Carlos Colon, like I just, just because of the one incident with with Brody and Vader, which was a terrible thing to happen, you can't like eliminate the entire wrestling population in, in Puerto Rico because of that. You know? Okay, and that's been a big uh, kind of dispute between me and them over the last few years. Because every year I try to get Chicky on the ballot. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't think Chicky Star gets a recognition that he he deserves actually. In, in oh. history, I mean, he doesn't Puerto Rico, but of course, a lot of people over here don't don't. Uh, yeah. You know, and he was anyway. He was in down in San Antonio, like we talked about before, for Joe Blanchard. Mm-hmm. He was up in Canada. Yeah. So you know, Chick, Chick, Chicky wasn't just you know a, a wrestler in Puerto Rico. He had wrestled in many other areas too. Yeah. But um, yeah. um, I, I don't know how to. I mean, it's been so long since that happened mm-hmm. in in the late eighties, but it's still very much a thing, even with yeah. the young guys in the states today who weren't even born back then but yeah. everybody cares about it and, and just reads what they read on the internet and uh, i don't want to reverse that um stigma yeah i want to say i had a just i had a similar experience to shane with uh my first time coming into puerto rico was in uh december 1998 and I was, I only came for three weeks. I came for like the month of December. And uh, one of my first matches was a tag match. I don't remember. I think, um, oh shoot, what was his name? I can picture it. Frankie Lane. Was, was there Frankie Lane? Did Frankie Lane, am I thinking? One of the, uh, uh, with Alex Porto and Frankie yeah. Lancaster? Frankie Lancaster, that's who it was. I think it was, it was Frankie, sorry, yeah, Frankie Lancaster. I think it was Frankie and I. Uh, against Invader and somebody. And that's, it was this, almost kind of the same thing was, you know, because we were in the separate dressing rooms. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, very little communication. But I remember standing in the ring to start the match, being across from Invader. And I kid you not, it was like, it was like the thought was, 
I can't believe it. I'm in the ring across from the guy that killed Brody. And then yeah. we locked up. Did, did you, Andy, did you get any flack from the other workers for going down there? No. No, yeah, I, uh, I... I still do to this day sometimes. Like, people are like, I can't believe you go down there after what happened. And I'm like... No. Most of the people that were for, for wrestling... Most the research, for most of the research I've seen about this, uh, Chief, it seems it's American wrestlers who uh, take it more than the Canadians. Yeah. And, and I can see that, especially, you know, you're talking about kind of like with, with the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame or whatever there, and, and that's in Texas. Texas. And, yeah. you know, if Brody's a Texas guy, like, that definitely can can strike a nerve for, for sure. Okay. Uh, well, you know what, Shane, you did mention the same thing that Andy just talked about, about that weird feeling of looking across the ring and your first thing down there and there's Invader. Um, was there kind of a residual feeling amongst the locker room of people who weren't Spanish when you were down there of uh, a wariness about him? Or was it just not a thing when you were there wrestling? Uh, I, yes and no. It was, it's such a weird thing because, you know, um, when I first got down there, the Americans stuck together. And I remember, I did remember some of the Americans saying, don't, don't, don't talk to the, the Puerto Rican wrestlers and don't tell them how much money you're getting paid. I guess that when I got down there, a lot of people hadn't been paid uh, their money at, up until that point. Um, but uh, uh, to, to be honest with you, I, 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 uh, I just tried to keep away f- from Invader. Um, if he was, he would always do this to me. When we, when we were in, when he came to IWA, we were in IWA. We'd be watching the the monitor if we had to do a run <clears throat> run in, and uh, I'd be standing there watching. He would come in all macho, and he'd step right in front of me, and he'd do this with his hands. He'd put his back out as big as I could, so I couldn't see the TV. And I just remember saying, "What?" fucking prick are you serious I'm gonna, and then i think no i won't <laughs> no i won't let this one slide <laughs> Some, sometimes you could feel the you could really feel the evil uh and then sometimes you wouldn't it was the weirdest thing in the world uh i think he had a uh, and, and again i wasn't there when this happened uh uh but uh, uh i do know that i think his daughter passed away right before that um and and uh uh, I can only imagine what was what they were telling him that Brody was doing was, you know, or whatever. I don't yeah. know. I wasn't there. I didn't see it there. To be honest with you, I've, I've had conversations with, with, uh, with Invader where everything seemed fine, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, in the back of your head, you got to say something, something's off here. Uh, something's not right. The, the problem was that they didn't do anything about it at the time. And yeah. uh, the people that didn't do anything about it at the time, uh, there's only one judge for that, and 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 that's God, and uh, they will be judged. True enough. True enough. And let's face it. I mean, we don't know the story. We probably never know the story. Um, the bottom line is uh, whether it was intentional or not. It's got to be hard on him. He took a guy's life, whether he yeah, meant to or sure. not. That's yeah. something he's had to carry for many years. Yeah. Plus the stigma of many American wrestling fans and people out and out hating him and, and painting him as a villain. So that's got to be a rough thing. And yeah. uh, I can't say whether I have no clue what happened. We don't know if, you know, things happen in the heat of the argument. It could have been a justifiable defense. It could have been not. We don't know. It definitely um, damaged Puerto Rican wrestling for years. Mm-hmm. Because a lot 
the top flight American wrestlers wouldn't go down there anymore. And it, it yeah. definitely changed the direction of the business down there, I think. And, and oh, rightfully yeah. so, right? Rightfully so, because they didn't do the way they handled that whole thing. It, yeah. for the, the courts and everything was such a, such a work that, uh, um, for sure it should, it should, it should leave a mark on a bad but, taste in everybody's mouth, you know, for sure. Yeah. Until they, and, and you got to understand that the, these companies that we were working for, a lot of the things, uh, th- these people were not the, the most honest people in the world, you know, yeah. uh, the it, promoters that we were dealing with down there. And I guess the best thing to look at it is it, it put a blight on the face of, it made you feel in the back of your mind, no matter what, if you were not a Puerto Rican, you weren't exactly 100% safe. It could be easily that the law would turn on you or the courts could turn on you or something could turn on you because of a failure as big as that happened. Oh, and unfortunately, yeah. you know, our, our whole society is built on the fact that whatever happens, the law is impartial in there for you. And that didn't turn out there. And obviously put a lot of fear in a lot of uh, people's eyes. You yeah. know, I've, yeah. I've never felt unsafe down there though. People ask me, Same. You know, aren't you afraid? Because I, I went down there the first time by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's been nine or ten years ago now, but I, I wasn't, and I've never felt unsafe. And now, you know, I know so many of the guys down there. Like they always, everybody tells me I'm adopted Puerto Rican now. You know, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I've never. I, I don't know how, how Shane or Andy felt, but I've never felt unsafe in a locker room down there or with any any of the guys down there ever. No, I'd, I'd say the same thing. I've never felt. I've never, never worried. And, uh, mm-hmm. and as far as like outside the ring, I mean, like, you know, there, there's, there, you know, just there, you hear stories and there's stuff, but I mean, you can pick any city in America and in North America yeah. and there's going to be places where you shouldn't be going down these streets. You should be avoiding this. Don't go out past. It was the same thing spending time in Mexico. I mean, I was told, you know, don't go out after midnight and stupid me. I mean, y- you know, young guy in his like mid twenties and it's like, whatever. And I'm walking around in Monterey, Mexico, because that's just me. And I mean, you know, luckily nothing happened, but right. you know, a lot of times at the end of the day, if you don't, as far as outside the ring stuff, if you don't put yourself in that situation, yeah, right. you shouldn't have a problem. One person, though, that kind of like as we're kind of talking on the Brody thing, and mm-hmm. I mentioned that mentioning to mention twofold. Uh, one, because he seems to be kind of like he was there and probably one of the more authoritative people on the whole Brody thing, and probably someone that was also quite instrumental in the success of Puerto Rican wrestling would be Dutch Mantel. Mm-hmm. And, and oh Fabio, yeah, for sure. Fabio was there too, and I've done podcasts yeah. with Fabio uh, on the Bruiser Brody topic, and then. Uh, of course, his wife, but I know Barbara Goodish, Brody's uh, widow, and and uh, there you go, right? And, 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 and you know, different details that people told her she wasn't there, but I've heard Savio's account several times. Yeah, well, and it's important here too. Like I know you guys all say, yeah, you know, I we don't feel that being there, right? But I guess the problem is you went there, so you felt it, the difference. The problem is, what if you never went there and you just read about it and you're a wrestler? That's where the fear comes in. Because it's the unknown and then something extra throwing on top like that. There was one time when I didn't feel safe in Puerto Rico. And we were driving back from a show in uh, one of the vans that Victor Quinones has rented for the wrestlers to come back in the Isla Verde. And uh, Alex Porto and Frankie Lancaster were sitting up in the front. And Andy, you were in the back seat with me, correct? Was I? But you're saying Alex and and Frankie. That wouldn't have been with Victor, though. Because I don't think they ever worked for Victor. Are you sure? Wasn't it you and me were in the back and then uh, Alex got into a fight with the guy that was driving in front of him because he was going too slow on East Liberty Avenue and the guy pulled out a gun and came back to the to the van waving the gun? I don't think so. Oh. I don't think that was me. 
Oh, Ooh. man, I must have been very scared if I thought it was you beside me. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't... <laughs> Not to say it did. Sure? I don't. I don't I, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not 100% sure. I, I would like to think that something like that I would remember. Oh. But I. But I mean, because yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I've had incidences where I get a couple times where when I've got back to my hotel room and I heard gunshots right outside my my window. But then I've done that in Chicago too, so it's not. Really yeah. Different. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? If we're here to talk about the history of Puerto Rico wrestling, what I'm going to do now is is I'm going to give each of you two people. You're going to tell me two people that you think really stood out in Puerto Rico that maybe the fans don't know about all that much. So let, let's try and think of two people. Dig two people you think are like those unsung MVPs. Maybe they only got a half a name. Maybe people might have saw their name. But we'll, we'll start off. I'm going to start off with uh, Chief on this one. Chief, give me two wrestlers. They can be – and and try and think of wrestlers you think over the history that really represent – Puerto Rico and may not have gotten the due that they should have gotten and what was cool about them. Like like in the States, I mean, Puerto Rican people would obviously. Puerto, well, I mean, in Puerto Rico, Puerto Rican wrestling. wrestling. Yeah, uh, of course, definitely Chicky. Um, okay. Chiki would uh, definitely be at the top of my list. And then probably Victor the Bodyguard. Okay. Tell us a bit about Victor the Bodyguard for people who wouldn't know him. Oh, passed away quite, quite a while back. I know, I know Shane knew knew him and, and I think Andy probably yep. did too. They, yep. they would probably be able to tell you more about him personally. I only know him from the magazines and from video, you know, back in the back in the day. But um he, he was definitely uh, I don't think what the what, what wasn't how long was he in the business altogether, do you know? Shane? He started with he started as Chicky's uh security, didn't he? Right. Uh, in, in WWC. And then, but uh, he passed and stuff. He he had a pretty big impact, but he really wasn't around that long, was he? In the business? Oh yeah, he had a huge impact. Yeah, yeah. Um, Victor, was Victor it, was do you think his career lasted uh, eight or ten years? Or oh, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. at least because I'm I'm thinking from the time like you know like ninety seven, ninety eight, kind of like like more when I started kind of getting focused on Puerto Rico wrestling I was going to come down there he was already wrestling and then I mean all the way like like I was there till like mid 2003 and he was wrestling and it was still another couple of years before because he had the heart attack in in the ring right the IWA shows so yeah. I, you know it'd have to be at least eight to ten years that, that he had been working yeah but Victor was awesome just like family um yeah it's a relatively short period of time I think in the business but he made a huge impact in the in the short yeah. period and I've been trying to look him up, but there's not very many. There is no listings, just his name, but no actual descriptions or anything about him on Wikipedia. Thing, so. He he was a, he he was yeah he was a, t- a tag team guy because he was usually part of the, the Star Corporation. I don't know that they ever, at least from the time again, like up you know that my like kind of my timeline. I don't think they were one of the teams that ever broke up. Like they were always together. Yeah, like just the yeah. Star Corporation. Those they just always that was it because Chicky and Victor they were always together, uh, and, and Victor was a tag team specialist. He was more of a brawler than a wrestler. Uh, you know, he I, and I say this with all due respect, but I think he'd have like an early version of like a resting bitch face. Like he didn't look like a, like a happy friendly guy, right. and uh, but but people believed in him. They bought it like and he like and tough and he was you know he was a bleeder a lot of the guys like chicky uh victor you know abdullah carlos like invader like the bleeders and right. you know it's, i mean you know you you spill that blood uh and he was just kind of like the tough no nonsense kind of guy and that's i think one of the big things why people bought into him was just he was a you know bmf <laughs> yeah, and of course, yeah. Chicky, 
Chicky was basically, you know, he, I mean, he's more, well, he's not now, but a, a couple of years ago when he was working, he's, he's a huge baby face, obviously, but they're not because he's a legend. But, but back in the day, he was always a heel and Chicky was like the Roddy Piper of Puerto Rico yes. for that era. You know, definitely. He was the Good best. Comparison. He had uh, the, the sports show, the. Yeah. The, the sports shop. Pipers. Yeah. Yeah. Like Pipe Piper Pit. And he was, he was very much the Roddy Piper of Puerto Rico. Well, that's like we are going to make an effort to try and track down Chicky Star and get him once on the show and, and uh, let him have a little bit more rub than uh, he's been getting because uh, he's a name that's floated to me. He's a name that's floated to a lot of people, but not enough people, you know. So, Andy, two guys, man. I don't, I don't know. Highlight. Just so we can get some names out there. Well, well I'll put some know. other names out, but it, 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 for me, like for me, what it is. Mm-hmm. In, is thinking more like I at one point kind of earlier the thing I almost wanted to just kind of go and say like let's just like drop names just because I want them you know I want names yeah. to be dropped on this show for for uh, you know just for, for guys and, too, yeah 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 and, and and speaking to like the early uh, you know like the Puerto Rico days the IWA Puerto Rico and, and I mean like that and I think that was another one of the key things too like Shane talked about the production how it was more kind of like WWE style uh, WWC. I think it'd be the fair comparison. It'd almost be like they were kind of like the NWA and IWA Puerto Rico was like WWE. So we were kind of bringing in the, the flash, the style, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So, and, and the other good thing was, was that with, with IWA Puerto Rico in the like early 2000, 2001, 2002 is that we had a lot more younger talent and we were mm-hmm. building talent similar. You know, and again, to draw a comparison, it'd be like, you know, capital, they had some younger guys, but they were relying more on the old school guys, kind of like right. WCW kind of did. Whereas, you know, IWA kind of on that WWE style, we were building the younger talent. So, I mean, you know, like Andy Anderson is like, then you got like Ricky Banderas, you got Apollo, uh, mm-hmm. you know, geez, uh, who else did we, I mean, you know, there was like Steve Bradley was there for a while. He was a mm-hmm. developmental guy from, from WWE. Um, we had Slash Venom, aka Flash Flanagan, who I think is probably one of the most underrated guys over the past twenty years, because uh, he should have, you know, he had some some uh, some shots with WWE, but but never Bison. caught on. Sorry, who? Bison. Bison, you know, mm-hmm. another guy like mm-hmm. there's, uh, and then there, we, well, we had Exotico that kind of came over from WWC, so Paparazzi, uh, and then he had Stefano. And then Stefano kind of became like the next version, next version of him. Uh, we had Eric Perez, who, from, I mean, I still remember the early days, maybe Shane this might have been right around your time, but uh, in the conchas in uh, Carolina, when we had the TV tapings, here was this, this you know, six foot three, six foot four, 240 pound, uh, good looking Puerto Rican kid that was in the, in the stands. Eventually he became a wrestler. There was a whole Lucha Libre 101 group. He kept on going. Eventually he got signed by WWE. He went to FCW. Uh, he became Eric Escobar. He was Vicky Guerrero's boyfriend there. He had a short spell. Uh, you know, we, there, there are so, so many guys. So like, obviously I'm listing more than two, but just, mm. you know, there's, we, we had, you know, we had the Shane, we had the Savio, uh, they were building Ricky and Apollo, like kind of like the superstars, but at mm-hmm. the same time, you know, and, and Shane said early on in the show, everybody contributed, everybody was working so hard to put on mm-hmm. the best show. That's why to me, it's important to not just, you know, give you one or two, but yeah. just to be able to say like all these guys, you know, you, it just, 
it was just right timing, right place, good group. There was rarely any issues in the locker room. Uh, you know, Diabolical, there was another guy that, that developed. Um, we had Moody in the back that, you know, here was a guy that went from, from being a fan. He was, uh, he got on and he was doing creative. He was helping. He was working with Dutch, uh, almost like say like a, like a student of Dutch. And then he went on to do stuff like in TNA and AAA. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like IWA Puerto Rico, there had, I think had, you know, a huge impact and changing the landscape of Puerto Rican wrestling, but it also had a strong influence going forward for, uh, you know, kind of professional wrestling as, as it developed and, and went on. Okay. Now I didn't mean like two was your limit. I just meant I was trying Obviously. to stimulate some uh, conversation. Yeah, and, and, so. I, and I was not going to follow that limit. He, no. he had more than two. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Shane, I guess that gives you 27 like Andy. No, <laughs> But Shane, if you can, I mean, whoever you have, Shane, but I think if you, if you can touch on some of the capital guys that, that were that were there too, because I mean, you, you know, you had a good good running capital. I, I think there's Chicano, a lot of names you, you, know, you could drop as well. Chicano has really done really well. Chicano, yeah, there was another one, yep. But, but he was I, on my list, I was going to ask you about him. Who was who exactly Chicano? Yeah. He, uh, was, he was a young guy, he was part of, uh, he came in, Lucha Libre 101. Yeah. Uh, you know, he kind of was kind of a bit of a gangster gimmick. And he was a rapper. He actually cut cut different singles. So he, yeah. he was actually doing music oh, yeah. and wrestling. And, and boxing, right? Because eventually he even did some boxing. Boxing, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Tough guy. <laughs> yeah. Talented right. guy. Talented guy. I would say one of the biggest un unsung heroes, as you put it, uh, would definitely be Moody. Because uh, yeah. I really saw a huge difference in... Um, uh, the the viewership that and plus the, the 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 way we started drawing after Moody came in and started doing music videos with the wrestling I, I always thought that that was just the hook I mean we used to all love the music yes. videos we always wanted to we always wanted to make it into the music video because they were so cool the way that Moody put them together but then, <laughs> it was all about like, the Creed and all that stuff man like just... and basically he was taking a lot from WWE what WWE was doing at the same time he was doing it in in, in IWA but uh, he put his own little twist on it and uh, that was a huge part of and, and it was just it was everything that was going on but that was a huge part of what was going on and then I would say Savio because I think to me to be honest with you uh, uh, my uh, uh, favorite um, uh, not so favorite but uh, I think the, the one I, I respect the most out of Puerto Rico would be Savio uh, all that he's done in the wrestling business, not only yeah. in Rico, but all over the world. This guy's been everywhere, and he's still going right now. Yeah, mm. he'll still kick your head off. <laughs> put him on the on the on the podcast, but you know, if if you're gonna check the ballot box for somebody to to vote for, I think it would be Savio. That guy has done so much in so many different places, uh, from wrestling to promoting to uh, being the Booker and calling the and just coming up with different things uh, um, all around. Carlos was a huge star, mm -hmm. but Savio was so multi-dimensional. He could do so many different yeah. things. Carlos could not. So I would say that Savio is definitely a, a, the unsung hero of Puerto Rico because for some reason yeah. people always mention Carlos Colon, but it's in my book, it's definitely Savio Vega. Okay. Now I had a small list here of guys that I was just going to throw out, uh, throw out to you, Shane, uh, and just to ask you a little bit about, because they're guys whose names I've seen a lot, 
Yeah. But I don't very much know about them. Uh, I'm the already going to warn you. I'm going to hijack this because I. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Elio, <laughs> get ready to mute. Andy. Son, <laughs> Shane's mouth moves. Me. Shane's mouth moves. You. <laughs> okay, the first one, Miguel Perez Jr. Yeah. Yeah, Miguel. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. T- uh, tell me a bit about Miguel Perez Jr. Anybody? Part of the WWE. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. His, uh, his father was. Uh, uh, extremely famous wrestler, not only in New York, in yeah. WWE, but also in uh, in Puerto Rico. And, and Miguel, that guy had so much talent. And uh, I mean, a clothesline from hell, he would take your head off. Of <laughs> and then he'd smile and laugh at you after he'd look down at you suffering in pain. Uh, but you had you, you had to love him, I guess. Uh, he had good he, charisma, he, too. He had good charisma, too. He owned part of the company, so you had, yeah. uh, you had to be nice to him. But uh, uh uh, what a character! Uh, he's always been a business guy, uh, yeah. not only in wrestling but uh, outside of wrestling as well. I've always respected him for that. That he's always had his crap together. Okay. Now you mentioned this name earlier, Ray Gonzalez. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yes. Tell me a bit about him. Um, just one of the easiest, easiest guys to to wrestle with. Uh, great heel. Uh, probably the Spanish uh, Ric Flair. You guys yeah. agree with? I would. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, I, never, I never worked with him, but they said it, the people that had said it's like Ricky Steamboat or Rick Martel, very smooth. Yeah. And Yeah, but he was so good on the mic. Yes. He could, he could have the people just in the palm of his hands as soon as he got on the microphone, and he would just play them. I'd always go like this when he'd come back from doing an in-ring and just go <laughs> like a fiddle. And he could turn like this, kind of like uh, I remember seeing uh, when he was in TNA for a little bit. I saw uh, Kurt Angle would, at the end of the night, he'd have a match with AJ. And they do about 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes where Kurt was the heel. And then after the end of the match, Kurt would get on the mic and then cut a babyface promo and have everybody in that building loving him. And then he'd sell it for 25 bucks a picture. And I always <laughs> thought that, that Ray was the same way. He could heal or babyface. Yeah. The way that he spoke and the way that he, he would do the ring promos was just incredible. And his work, his, his, he was an awesome wrestler as well. So that, yeah. Okay. Now, uh, Andy's probably going to roll his eyes, maybe even chief when, when I bring this up again, because I keep asking about these two guys all the time. Everyone who has anything to do with Puerto Rican wrestling. Shane's going to put him over. I know what you're Thunder, talking about. Thunder and Lightning. Oh, yeah. Awesome to work with. Awesome. I mean, I loved watching those guys. Tell me a bit about those guys. Um. Uh, basically, kind of like the, the 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 Legion of Doom and uh, a little mix of uh, Kane's offspring. Like if if Kane, yeah, yeah. definitely the masks. That's who they would be. Um, but it was it, it was really fun working with them because they were big. They were big guys, but they could also move really well, right? Mm-hmm. So you have, you have some really good good matches with power and speed at the same time and uh they, they were another team that came over to iwa from uh, uh capital which had a huge impact on on yeah on IWA as well yeah uh, they're still wrestling today um uh, two great guys and uh um uh and uh really really fun to work with a lot of fun to work with you know because they you know uh, you know, when you wrestle with a, a a king character or somebody that's got the mask and they're and they're, they they're strong, it's easy to play off of that. You know what I mean? Uh, it's easy to play off of their power and, and their and their speed and have a good match with them. Okay, and I guess the very last guy on my list, uh, just names I popped up and I've seen this name and know absolutely nothing about him yet. I've seen his name many times. Uh, Jesus Castillo. 
Yeah. Hurricane Castillo. Hurricane Castillo, yeah. I mean, it was Savio, uh, Castillo, Miguel. They were the Boricuas, you know? And Estrada. There was Estrada was in there too, wasn't he? But when I was in Puerto Rico, Estrada wasn't there. Okay. Well, I'm going to say as far as WWF, that was yeah. there was the four of them. He came back to Puerto Rico, didn't he? No, I don't think so. No, after the Boricuas, they, no, he didn't. No, because so, Estrada, Senior, Estrada Sr. was still in Puerto Rico because he, he was like one of the medicos, I think. And I think he was working as a manager in, uh, with Rico, the Rico's Suave's brother. Yeah, Enrico Suave. There's another one you could mention as far as like guys that have that have been around yeah. in, in quite There's tenure. Joe Don Smith. That was another one that yeah. it's all like man, like I know. There's probably a gazillion names and absolutely. Indian warrior Lloyd. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, a lot of lot of guys coming out of there. But, uh, um, yeah, Castillo. Let me tell you something though. You you wrestle with Castillo, you're going to be fighting that night. There, there yeah. were some things in Puerto Rico that. Um, when you got it, when you saw your name was uh, on the card against them, you knew you were in for a fight. <laughs> Shane, <laughs> Shane, yeah, I, I, this is your first time with us, but but I know we could probably talk. Uh, you know, Chief, Chief, do you, do, do you have any Castillo stories for us? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> keep everything positive on here, though. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I remember one one of the first times I wrestled with Castillo in uh, I think it was Hatillo. And Carlos and Javica were out, and I swear he was, he was hitting me with everything. Like I don't, I didn't, I couldn't get anything in. Yeah. And I remember looking over at at, at uh, Carlos and and Javica, and I, I I was thinking to myself, they're testing me right now. They're putting Castillo in here to just to, to 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 mess me up to test me. But I don't think they were testing me. I think just Castillo wants to whoop people's ass. That's about it. Well, <laughs> Castillo was Castillo was the kind of guy that looked after Castillo first. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a nice way of saying it. We had a long conversation about him recently. Yes, we did. Yes, we yes. Did. Um, next time you talk to Savio and ask him about the uh, incident with me and Castillo, but uh, they wanted him to put me over that night, and he didn't want to. And then Savio came and told me he's like he's going to shoot on you, and and he's like, don't take any crap off of him. So that I, might I, that I, might this might be an off-air story to. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Not too late. It all, we, we just discussed it. <laughs> you brought it up, Andy. You brought it up. Well, I just, I'm laughing because we're talking and, and Shane's talking and I can yeah. see you smiling and I'm like, oh, it's like, hmm, hmm. Now that's it. You see, we have talked Puerto Rican wrestlers before. I was just trying to get a new introspective from another person about these, about some of these But it, as you can it, it see, was, though, it was a similar, you know, yeah. Shane it might was, be a little more uh, diplomatic yeah. about it, but. A lot more <laughs> diplomatic. Probably more diplomatic more though. Canadian. More Canadian about it. Yeah, more yeah, Canadian. There we go. The American was okay. Anyhow, um, you know, coming into this episode, um, you never know what you're going to expect when we start with these topics, you know, and which is which I love. You know, I don't want to come in here and we're all of the same mind of the same milk and we're all just going to talk around and, and circle jerk in a circle here and talk about whatever. I want to hear about all the different kind of things. And this, I got to tell you, this has been a great episode and it was nothing like I thought it was going to go. I had no idea what to think. You know, uh, we think of Puerto Rico wrestling. The first thing in my mind will always be that first day I turned on the financial news network and there's the show comes on. It's in Spanish for one thing. I'm like, why is it in Spanish? I'm in Canada. I have no idea. Then I see Abdullah the Butcher and Bruiser Brody hucking chairs in the middle of a stadium, for God's sake. They're up in the, people are running around screaming and I'm like, Okay, that crap happens now, but that did not happen back in those days. And I was like, what is going on? This can't be real. What, you know, like, well, wrestling, but you know what I mean? This, <laughs> I can't really be seeing this, right? I mean, I just watched. They were literally, 
filling Sorry. stadiums back then in Puerto Rico and probably hardly nobody over here knew that, you know? Yeah. 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 And uh, that started me on this road of wanting to know more about Puerto Rican wrestling. And I got to admit, uh, there was stumbling blocks um, when for a while, all it was, was Abdullah the Butcher and Carlos Colon. I was kind of like, is this all it is? Is these two guys bleeding on each other a lot? But then when I dig deeper, I found such a wealth of different kinds of wrestlers, different kinds of things. And I got more and more excited. But being up here in the Great White North, man, it was hard to find very much. You know, I got magazines, maybe occasional tape from somebody, uh, something pop up on the satellite dish. So all my life, I've always grown up with that mystique wanting to see and know more about Puerto Rican wrestling. This has been very fun because, man, just hearing the stories and hearing the things has filled in and made it even more palpable, made it more touching, made it more understanding in my mind. And it just makes me want to know more. It makes me want to talk more about it. And that is what makes wrestling exciting. When it's not just a wrestler, where it's not just a move or one storyline, but when it's something like this, and I think that's the biggest thing missing in wrestling today, the territories each represented something, they encapsulated something special. You know, we've talked Stampede, we've talked Memphis, we've talked Puerto Rico. We're going to revisit some of these in the, in the weeks to come. You know, we've, we've got uh, Bill Dundee coming down the road to do Memphis in a couple of weeks. We got Dan Crawford to talk Dan, uh, Stampede. We're going to see it. Each one of these just brings a paint, it paints a picture that's just really unique and lost. And uh, our job here today, boys and girls, is not to let those things go lost. We're going to talk about those things and those people and those events, and we're going to make it. We're not going to let it die. And I want to thank uh, my guests today because, man, you guys have just even brought more of that love into my heart for Puerto Rican wrestling. And I know people out there listening who didn't get a chance to see a lot. They've got a deeper and more vibrant picture. So I'd like to thank each of one of you. Before we go, I would like to throw to each guy and let you guys plug all your social media, all the things. If there's things you're trying to sell, push, whatever, uh, let's throw that out there. We'll, we'll start off with Chief Atacula. Chief, where can people find anything, anything about you? On Facebook, it's uh, at uh, Chief Atacula Kula. I have that fan page, and I also have Rod Atacula Kula. And then, of course, at the Chief Atta on Twitter and uh, Chief Atacula, Chief underscore Atacula Kula on Instagram. And um, hopefully, um, I don't have a date, but hopefully we can push the upcoming match between Chief Atacula Kula and Glamour Boy Shane in Puerto Rico. That, that oh, would be Yes. WPOV Wrestling Presents. Chief Atacula Kula against Shane and Savio Vega. Savio and I are the same age. So there we go. We got a three-way Andiel Refit. Andiel Refit. Still got gas in the tank. I'm the No, no, no. I, I'm sorry. I'm throwing myself in there. Chief, I want to be your partner against Shane and Savio. Okay. If they, book that match, if they book that match, Andy, I, I will. I will fly you to Puerto Rico. <laughs> Now, I will sneak across the border just to make the flight cheaper. <laughs> and Shane, if you're going to be ref, you're going to have to do it Lawler style with a microphone, wrestle and ref. 
No, no way. We're getting, we're getting Shane. We're getting Shane. This is twenty years ago, and it's funny. You know, because Shane would talk about how you know the early, the early Shane. It's like you know we kind of like learn how to work and just kind of go, and then Mm -hmm. later on, it's like you want to know every single thing. And and the time when we were off and working together, I was the guy that wanted to do, like I said, not trying to get everything in, but I wanted to tell a lot of story. And Shane was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, brother, brother, let's just just kind of just go in there and let's just, let's just see what happens. Then we'll just we'll just kind of you know we have maybe we'll do this one spot with the tackle drop down and, and and this and that and then and then we have to finish." And I was like, "No, no, Shane, come on, brother, brother, you just you, you want to do so much, you want to do so much." I'm like, "But yeah, come on, man, like I want to like give it to the people, I want to give it to the people." So this is 20 years later, and he's saying, "No, no, no, I don't want to work. No, I don't want to work." And I'm still saying, "Shane, I'm getting you back in the ring, and and we're going to do nothing together. Do it for the people." Talk and call it out there and feel out the crowd. You oh, know, the crowd. Yeah. One, instead of planning everything ahead of time, you have to stick to a plan. I'd rather just go with the feel of the crowd. And and when you're in Puerto Rico, you can definitely get that feel of the crowd. Yeah. And, yeah. and I promise you, if you guys pull this off and this match comes down, me and Elio will be in the audience urinating into cups and whipping it at all four of you. <laughs> just we, to be the love. <laughs> we can make we can make it happen. It's just all up to Shane now. That's <laughs> well, no Shane, uh, any <laughs> I'm not going to put you on the spot for that, but if uh, if there's uh, any um, social media you want to throw out there, is there uh, no, any things you want? I don't I don't do Facebook or Twitter because it's all fake news. I am on Parlor if you want to get a hold of me on Parlor. And uh, if um, uh, if anybody's listening from Tampa, Florida, um, I am in the business of junk removal. I do junk removal now. So the name okay. of my company is Half Junk. HaveJunkTampaBay.com. You can go on there and save $20 off of your first junk removal job, okay, if you book online. Other than that, uh, it has been such a pleasure to catch up with everybody today. Uh, I'm so glad that you invited me on. I appreciate it very much. It brings the emotions of wrestling. I tell you, especially when you've lived it in Puerto Rico, those emotions run deep inside your belly, and they come right up, and sometimes they just want to explode out. So thank you for for. Uh, making me letting me relive that for a little bit because you know uh, since I've been retired and not wrestling anymore (laughs) sometimes doing something like this is a real joy to me because you know wrestling there's I've been through a lot of ups and downs in the wrestling business but uh, Mm -hmm. in the long run a lot more ups than downs and uh, I, I, I am thankful for being in the business I'm glad that I'm not in it anymore but I am thankful and I'm thankful to you guys for inviting me on today. So thank you very much, eh? Thank you. Hey, hey. I heard that uh, Terry Funk retired a few times, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wrestlers cannot retire. That's, yeah. that's everybody. Wrestlers cannot retire. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I, I've probably, for the last five years, have wanted to interview. So I am glad that we had a chance to talk. And I'm glad you turned out to be so cool, Shane. So I appreciate that. Uh I want to tell you fans, you know what? Uh, you can catch us weekly every Tuesday. Do I, do I not get to drop my stuff? No, because you, you're a bad guy. You bad guys don't get to drop stuff. You told me well, that, so now Chief, you get to drop. Chief, you get Chief's to drop the, Chief's a bad guy. Well, he's kind of a bad guy, but you're definitely a bad guy. <laughs> Anyhow, well, what, what if people? What if people want to contact me and tell me what a bad guy I am? That ain't gonna happen. No one's gonna contact you, buddy. Okay, Andy, we'll give you a chance. Go ahead. Hey, Andy, I think Hulk Hogan might be a better friend than Thomas is, don't you? Right. To Andy Anderson. Brother. (laughs) All right. Well, you can find me here on the WPOV Network. Uh, 
as you can see, I'm often uh, here on Quarantine as one of the co-hosts. You can also find me on WPOV Global, where we discuss uh, the AEW Dynamite shows. Uh, I also do the odd aftermath here and there. Uh, so you can definitely check me out here on the WPOV Network. What is that? Aftermath? aftermath is our shows where uh, after the big shows, so like the pay-per-views. I was not part of Survivor Series last night, but I've been part of... Uh, uh, the AEW ones. So, but if I'm not there, you can still catch uh, the legend, the gentleman, uh, Mr. Rick Serrano the uh, third. Any combination of those fine, fine gentlemen. Uh, I say that loosely. Uh, you can find them there uh, on social media on the Twitter machine at Andy Anderson PWA and the Instagram machine. I'm that guy TCB two four seven. So that's the letters. I am T-H-A-T-G-U-Y-T-C-B-247. Uh, on there, you can find me reliving the glory days of uh, my wrestling career. Unlike Shane, I'm not saying I'm retired because I'm not. And uh, there's also quite a bit of exercise-related content there where I'm picking up things and putting them down. So please check it out. Follow. If you uh, want to contact me and say something positive about what I do here, that'd be great. If you want to say something negative, uh, have at her. And uh, at the risk of letting this blabbermouth go off again, <laughs> Elio, <laughs> can you tell the people where they can write into exactly on all Facebook, the different places here? On Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. Right. And all the shows that are available, we also have another show that isn't directly involving us called uh, WPOV Wrestling, which covers all of the WWE stuff run by Rick Serrano III and Tony Diaz. You can catch that every Saturday morning. Uh, you can find that on iPod, uh, iHeartRadio, iTunes. Lots of eyes going on here. Uh, TuneIn, Podbean, Spotify. MySpace, Spotify, Spotify. MySpace. Uh, this, is where, this is where I'm here. Uh, okay, who knows what the rest are? But <laughs> wherever, wherever better podcasts are found. Yeah, they let us in. Who knew? Yeah. All right. Anyways, <laughs> folks, we had a great time. Uh, we look forward to seeing you guys down the road. And uh, you know what? Be good to each other. Be good to yourselves. Elio, you big babbermouth. Tell people. Good and she so would talk to you all next week. <laughs>